Creation, Book of Clarity, Chapter 8 She had never been eaten before, though she came very close to it in more than a few realities. On planet Ilf in the Andromeda Galaxy, she experienced life as a flying organism. She was much like a bird, but she didn't need wings to fly. Instead, her body floated through the atmosphere by mere feeling. The more she felt weightless, the higher she went. Her body was covered in velvety fur. It was thick in the color of burned amber. Her head was located at the top of her body, which was in the shape of a sphere. She had a beak that split in the middle to form two points that curved down around her body to her clawed feet. She floated through the air swiftly as she laser-focused her mind on weightlessness. She almost didn't notice when a predator crept up behind her in the air. With the body of a slime snake, the predator stealthily flew in a spiral behind her. It was careful not to make a sound as it neared her. It was almost as if it was taunting her as it floated in and out of her peripheral vision. The creature was easily eight times her size, and its head was like a lion's, bold with long, silky hair framing its smooth blue face. She noticed it before. She had felt the shift in air pressure the moment it locked its eyes on her. But she didn't panic. She couldn't. That wouldn't keep her alive. She flew on in full awareness of the threat that lurked behind her. She waited for the right moment to make her move, while the predator behind her did the same. They were flying through a thicket of tall, leafy vegetation. With dexterity and precision, she wove through the long and broad leaves, careful not to touch them. The leaves of that particular species of vegetation secreted a painfully debilitating acidic substance when grazed. She had a few scars on her body from the time she had the misfortune of touching one. It was a pain never forgotten. As she skirted through the leaves, the snake-like creature followed her with a determined ease. It liked the game. Quick prey was no fun. It darted after her with a comfortable knowledge of diverting the leaves. But, without warning, she sped up, zooming through the vegetation and dodging the foliage. She wasn't as precise now with fur grazing the edges of the leaves. She felt a slight burn as the acid dissolved the hairs that came in contact with it. Still, she zigzagged through the underbrush of the vegetation, the snake-like creature slowing down behind her. She was small and fast. She started to blend in with the leaves. The predator couldn't keep sight of her. Then, she was spotted. She had slowed to a stop behind the leaf just ahead. The creature stopped too, bringing its entire body into a tight coil so as not to be noticed. She was searching the vegetation for the predator, but couldn't sense it in the air. To avoid being spotted, the creature slowly wound its way through the leaves separating them, preparing for a strike. She floated in the air, watchful, but tending to her own wounds with her beak. To the right, the creature was close but hidden as it saw the timing the strike was near. Tightening its body in preparation to attack, the creature speedily sprung forward to seize its prey. It missed. Unable to stop its momentum, the creature flew into a leaf which wrapped around the predator's body as the acid began to leach all over its slimy skin. Just before its strike, 
she had seen and felt the pressure of the creature as it eased up behind her. Less than a second after the creature attempted to strike, she made herself feel heavy and dropped down out of the sky just in time. She had learned that nothing heightened her survival skills like being hunted in a foreign world. But the trauma that resulted from being hunted was not an experience she wanted to relive. The mere idea of being prey again made her start to panic. Immediately, she rethought her decision to experience herself. What if she died? What would happen to her? Her human body? Would she cease to exist? This was an answer she never received in training. Memories of being hunted through the various creations she opened started to flash through her mind. In those realms, she knew if she were to die, she'd return back to her human form. But the stakes were higher now. Before, it was likely that she'd die and return to her body. But now, she was an entire planet. There was no way for her to know the consequences of being killed while her consciousness was attached to an organism that depended on her as much as she depended on it. The sense of unease returned. This time, it was oppressively thick. She felt her energy contract inward as a dense, murky fog of fear spread throughout her. That was a human emotion. Fear. It was the most putrid, damaging emotion of all. It was so oppressive, so poisonous, that in the brief second that she felt it, it soaked through her consciousness, a dense fog rising from her like a pus-filled wound. As it grew, fear began to infect the consciousness of the others, turning their bright, shining lights into a murky, diluted darkness. Quickly, the fog took over the core of the echo, turning every inch to gray matter. Memories from each consciousness in the echo began to play simultaneously. The echo was pulled into hundreds of thousands of memories where they were in danger, hunted or controlled or disconnected from purpose. In any other context, these memories would be experienced with a healthy observational detachment. But with fear present now, it heightened the horror. The fog permeated through to the surface of the planet, beginning to drain every bit of color and vibrancy from the vegetation. The unease was amplified and closer. Suddenly, she heard the clock ticking again. It was no longer a subconscious presence. The ticking now flooded her mind. The fear was a fog, but time was a black hole. On the surface, the air was brittle as the temperature grew cold. Both suns in the sky dimmed in light as the depressive feeling of fear spread through the planet and vegetation. Time spiraled through a now black hole being draining the organisms one by one. They grew older, wrinkled and slumped, unable to fly, hunt, or enjoy life. The ground began to decay as the vegetation fell to the surface of the planet, defeated and motionless. The fog dove into the crystalline liquid, polluting everything it touched as the poison of time pulled all life from each creature. Quicker than she ever thought possible, her human emotions had influenced every bit of life that she was now connected to. And she fully understood why humans were considered to be dangerous. 
An emotion as strong as fear in a subject as oppressive as time could rip an entire unsuspecting world apart in an instant. But how did this happen? She had projected herself correctly. She followed all the steps. She went to the void and her traits of humanity were removed from her. Wait. A memory flashed in her mind. The moment where she opened her eyes on the previous planet. She was immediately ejected because of fear of what she saw. That brief moment where she had reconnected to her human body, hearing the ticks on the clock before pulling herself back into the realm of clarity was when it happened. Fear had reattached itself to her, allowing for time to follow. She never released them back into the void. How did she forget that one simple rule? The scientists always told her to release the earthly constructs to the void, especially after unexpectedly ejecting. How did she forget that one simple rule? She felt her energy expanding and contracting vigorously as the emotion gripped her. The black hole of time loomed closer as far, far away. She felt her human body begin to twitch awake. The ticks on the clock suddenly blasting in her ears. 73,361. 73,362. 73,363. 73,364. She had a headache and her heart pounded in her chest. Her vision was blurry as if she was still trapped in a daze. What happened? She was sore, but it wasn't unusual. Her throat felt constricted, a reaction that only occurred when she was afraid. She opened her eyes wide. She remembered. She was afraid. But her mission wasn't over yet. She closed her eyes and she counted the ticks. 73,398, 73,399, 73,400. When she opened her eyes again, her consciousness was back in the rapidly graying echo. She was furious. She was almost forced from her creation a second time, both because of a human emotion as trivial as fear. It had never happened to her before, but it was definitely going in the log again. She could practically hear the taps of the lab tech's fingers as they scribbled and furiously tapped in their observations, ready to scold her. She had to get a grip on herself. This was unacceptable for a trainee as seasoned as her. As she focused back on her state of oneness in the Echo, she felt fear still gripping onto her, onto the planet. Time was growing closer in its black hole, ready to consume her, to drain her of the current life she grew to love. She had to quickly take control or she would lose everything. With great focus, she brightened her energy. She focused her intent on only projecting the frequency of pure light out of her form. Her light of consciousness that was once blocked by the fog of fear began to pierce through. Beams of light shone through the fog, bit by bit, clearing away the fear. As she began to shine brighter and brighter, 
the consciousnesses that her light rays touched began to shine with her. Like a domino effect, the orbs of consciousness in surrounding areas began to brighten themselves through the fog, taking their energy back from the fear. As the consciousness of the echo began to glow brighter than before, so did the surface of the planet. The core of the echo began to vibrate, clearing away residual fear that once suffocated it. The vibration spread from the core to the surface and freed the vegetation from the fog. The vegetation began to vibrate as well, emitting a beautiful high-pitched melody that flowed through the atmosphere, influencing every other life form. Colors came back, more vibrant and lively. The suns in the sky burned even brighter and warmer. As the echo regained its life from the fog of fear, the black hole of time grew weak. As a collective, as the light grew brighter, their life was returned to them. The decay was healed, the wrinkles were smooth, the will to live was restored. Determined to transmute this energy, she shifted her fearful emotions into a new intent, creating life. Something she learned in every realm she visited was that energy could always be changed into something new. Using the residual feelings of fear to create new life would ensure that she'd be able to effectively dispose of emotions that weren't supposed to exist in that realm and further disguise herself in the process, hopefully. Quickly, desperately, she proposed a new idea to the Echo. As a collective, they would use the fear to banish time and transmute themselves into living creatures on the planet. If it worked, this would ensure that in the transmutation process, every bit of the infecting energies would be depleted. She knew it was a long shot, being that fear and time were not native to the realm, but she felt it would be worth a try. The Echo deliberated by assessing residual damage to the planet and calculating how best to repair itself. Eventually, through careful consideration, the Echo agreed, but only if as a collective, they became spirits of the elements. Hello again, this is Michaela Simone Mack, author of Creation, narrator of Book of Clarity. I would like to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Creation. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this podcast. It is something that I have grown to love with each episode that I produce, write, and narrate myself. If you like this episode, please comment, please share, please subscribe, and I thank you for your support. All right. See you next week. Every new episode comes out on Friday. Bye-bye.